You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you heading into the weekend. We're going to go over Jesse Palmer responding to what Chris Harrison said on a podcast. We've got some news in Bachelor Nation, good news, and unfortunately, some sad news. We've got an update in the reality TV world on a show that I covered a couple weeks ago that I know you all liked. We have an update on the traders, what's happening with that. One more thing I wanted to mention regarding the Caitlin Bristow on the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast that someone brought to my attention yesterday, which I found quite interesting. And maybe we'll get to that Jessica Simpson story, even though I've teased it for three straight days. And we'll get to that momentarily. This podcast is brought to you by Trivia Star. Trivia Star has thousands of five-star reviews in the Apple Store and is the number one trivia game on the App Store. Just go to Apple or Google Store and search for Trivia Star. Download Trivia Star for free today and get ready to flex your brain muscles. Also, if you love the Real Housewives, you get ready for some Real House guys because Friday nights on MTV are now fabulous. Don't miss the Real Friends of WeHo, all part of MTV's new Friday nights after RuPaul's Drag Race tonight. 9, 8 central on MTV. All right, let's get going here real quick and talk about interview that Jesse Palmer did with us weekly. And he was asked about what Chris Harrison said on one of his first two podcasts, the most dramatic podcast ever, when he had mentioned that he thought Wells should have gotten the gig for The Bachelor. And Jesse's response was, I have no reaction, really. I mean, he's obviously entitled to his own opinion, as everybody is. I'm just really happy for Chris and wish him the best in his next venture. So, obviously, he just didn't want to get into anything and avoid that question. However, as as critical I've been of Chris Harrison, I will defend him in this particular instance and not like I'm going against Jesse here. I just think there's two different stories being told here. When Chris Harrison said that, it wasn't, from what I remember from that podcast, Chris Harrison wasn't saying Jesse Palmer should not be the host of that show, Wells should be. He was saying as he knew that he wasn't coming back, he thought Wells would be a good host for the show. I think that's two completely different things than him saying, oh, Wells should have the job over Jesse. He was just saying, look, I knew I was on my way out. And I think Wells would be a great host for that show. Chris never said anything about Jesse in the podcast that I remember. He never said anything about, he never mentioned his name. He never mentioned his work, the new host. He didn't even like vaguely represent, um, recognize it at all. He was just saying, basically, on my way out, if you ask me who I think would be a good host for that show, I think it would be Wells. And I thought he was going to get it. And that was it. He didn't say, oh, when I found out he didn't get it, I thought it was bullshit. And he didn't say, when I found out he didn't get it, I made a call and said, what are you doing? Like He just said, no, I thought Wells would be a good host. Which, I don't think a lot of people disagreed at that point, just because Wells has had so much work on this show since he was a contestant on JoJo season. He's been the bartender down in Paradise for, what, seven of the eight seasons? It wouldn't have been far-fetched to think that Wells could step into that role. So to ask Jesse that question, I think it was, and maybe Jesse didn't even hear the podcast, but... I hope he understands that, like I said, I'm not a Chris Harrison apologist at all, but in this case, he wasn't saying Jesse shouldn't have the gig. He was just saying that Wells would have been a good pick if they chose him. 
Um, some good news and some uh, not so good news in the world of Bachelor Nation. We'll start with the sad news first. I'm sure you've heard by now that Sarah Heron and had lost her baby, um, her son that was born the other day. He died shortly thereafter. There isn't um, obviously a whole hell of a lot to say on something like this. It's awful. Um, it's happened a couple times to people in Bachelor Nation, and you just send out your thoughts and prayers. Um, trying to think, I, I did have one interaction with Sarah Heron years ago. I want to say, oh my God, I, what year would this have been? Um, geez, probably 2012, 2013, long time ago. And what's funny is, my best friend used to teach a class at our alma mater, Loyola Marymount University. And it was either, he used to teach a, an, an advertising class at LMU, but then he also taught, I think, off campus at another school. I can't remember. Anyway, well before Sarah was ever on The Bachelor, she was in my friend's class one time because I remember he had seen the cast list one time. He didn't even watch The Bachelor, but he knew that Sarah made it on the show. He's like, oh my God, I used to teach that girl. So we had gotten in touch, and the three of us had a dinner one time in Manhattan Beach, probably, like I said, 2011, 2012. Sarah was a super nice girl. Uh, always got along with her. Um, but, yeah, tragic to hear uh, what had happened. Uh, and, you know, thoughts and prayers uh, go out to her. And... Um, yeah, like I said, there's 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 not an easy transition, but there is a positive story in Bachelor Nation. We find out that um, two days ago, Claire got married to her boyfriend, fiance Ryan Dawkins. I can share this with you. I don't talk about my relationships in Bachelor Nation very often, who I'm friends with, who I'm not. Um, but I will say that. Um, Claire and I have kept in touch over the years here and there, and I actually saw Claire and met Ryan back in October, um, October 22nd to be exact. If you go on her Instagram, you'll see her picture from Globe Life Field in Dallas. Uh, I had known she was coming in town, got a hold of her. I was like, hey, let's all meet up. Met up with her at Texas Live. Uh, Ryan was working an event there because um, his company uh, does um, partners with sports teams to do marathons and stuff and they were running a marathon the next day um claire and i met at texas live ryan joined us and you know i don't know any of claire's ex-boyfriends i've never met any of them um but just hanging out with ryan for those couple hours and seeing them and how they interact um could have been a better dude and really nice guy and very happy uh for her obviously she's been through a lot within this franchise she's been through a lot with her family and just, uh, you know, great news to hear that, that uh, they were able to get married and, um, you know, uh, they got engaged, what, I think they got engaged maybe a week or two before I I, I met them uh, in, on the 22nd of October. But, yeah, I mean, I, it's the only time I met them, a uh, couple hours, and like I said, Ryan couldn't have been a greater dude, nice guy. Really seemed to like and be in love with Claire. They just seemed like two little giddy little lovebirds. And uh, that's what you like to see. And um, like I said, she's been through a hell of a lot on this show, <clears throat> whether it's on screen or off screen, um, with everything that she's been through, the Juan Pablo stuff, the Dale stuff, 
to finally get to this point. You read the article probably, and you've seen her quotes about how happy she is. And, um, you know, you know, you just can't, you, you gotta be happy for stuff like that because, um, doesn't come around often in this franchise. And it probably was a good thing that, um, she met a guy that was not of this franchise because, um, the last one probably soured her on that experience. Uh, but so congrats to, uh, Claire and Ryan. Got some news that you probably saw me tweet out yesterday. Very excited about this. The Traders Season 1. Well, the show itself has been picked up for a Season 2 uh, by Peacock. We don't know when it starts filming and when it's going to start airing, but it has been up, been picked up for a Season 2. Even better news is the fact that we are having a reunion show from the Season 1 cast that they said is going to air on February 28th. It has not taped yet. I don't know when it's going to tape. Obviously, it's going to be sometime between now and February 28th. I'm assuming it's going to be with the full cast. I hope they don't do just like the top 10 or anything like that. I would think they'd get most of the cast there. Andy Cohen is going to be the moderator of that reunion show. So that'll be really cool. And it, it kind of goes to show a show like that having a reunion show this much later was basically, this is just my opinion. This reunion show was basically put together because the show kind of took off and has an audience and got a lot of streaming minutes on Peacock. Because if you were already planning this, this wouldn't have been done two months after you released your season. You know, you would have done it a lot sooner than this, I would think. And I think they released it. They saw the audience response and they said, you know what, let's do a reunion show. And because it's doing well and it got picked up for, like I said, a second season. So I can't wait. You know, I, I told you guys all about it. I, I know a lot of you have watched it. None of you that have watched it that have emailed me have said you didn't like it. All of you have liked it. It's, it's just a really good show, a really well put together. Alan Cumming is coming back for season two. We don't know if they're going to go straight reality show contestants, straight regular contestants, or doing mix and match again. Obviously, that'll come out as we you know move on down the line. We don't even know when it's filming, but all we do know is they released a statement yesterday saying season two is a go, and we are going to have a season one reunion show that's going to air on Peacock on February 28th. So I'm guessing in the next couple weeks uh, they will film that. Do you remember a few years ago, God, it was actually 10 years ago, when on Jimmy Kimmel, uh, one of the skits he used to do to parody The Bachelor was The Baby Bachelor? Remember that? First off, I can't believe that was 10 years ago, but it was. And the only reason I know that is because last night on his show, now while I'm recording this, I haven't watched it yet because it hasn't started. Uh, I'm recording this before Jimmy Kimmel's show aired last night, but I saw him promote it on social media, he is having the kid who played the baby bachelor on his show as a guest last night because it's his, it's his nephew. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I probably should have watched it and then recorded this so I could at least give a reaction, but just the fact that he's on it and the fact that that was 10 years ago is really hard to believe. Like, if you would have asked me, Steve, when was The Baby Bachelor? I probably would have said five years ago. I thought it was late, like, 2017, 2018. No. That guy, that little kid, his name's Wesley Kimmel. Like I said, he's Jimmy's nephew. 
Now, they're not just bringing him on 10 years later to be like, hey, let's talk about The Baby Bachelor. Uh, Wesley is actually an actor, and he's in a new movie that's on Netflix with Reese Witherspoon, and it is called My Place or Yours, and I think it comes out in a week or so on Netflix. Wesley Kimmel is actually in that movie, and that's why he's, they're bringing him on, but I'm sure they're going to bring up the fact that he played uh, The Baby Bachelor. So if you watched it last night, by the time you're listening to this, it will have already aired. If you watched it last night, I'm probably gonna, I recorded it. I'll watch it today, um, but yeah, just to see what he says about it, see if he remembers it. Like, I don't know. Do you remember as a five-year-old? Would you remember filming that whole thing and the all the other babies? And do you think he remembered who he picked and all that stuff? I don't know. It'd be interesting to know. So somebody brought this to my attention yesterday after I talked about Caitlin being on the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast with Amanda Hirsch. And all the good content that was on there, somebody had brought to my attention and sent me the audio clip um, of Caitlin and Amanda briefly mentioning me. And it was in the discussion of Caitlin was talking about coming off Christmas season, didn't think that she would get the bachelorette role. And what's funny is in the context of what they were talking about, it makes what Amanda Hirsch, the podcast host, what she said, almost even like she either wasn't paying attention or, or, or whatever the case may be. But basically, Caitlin was talking about she didn't think she was going to be the Bachelorette. And her specific words were, they're not going to pick an edgy, swearing Canadian that talks about sex all the time. They want the girl next door, the Emily Maynard vibes. And then she said, do you know, she goes, you know, reality Steve, right? She says that to Amanda, and Amanda's like, oh, yeah, he's fucking wrong all the time. And Caitlin was like, yeah, he was wrong about my season, and he was saying there's just no way that Caitlin's going to get the gig. And, yes, at the time, I was saying that, but for the exact reasons that Caitlin thought she wasn't going to get it. You look at the previous Bachelorettes up to that point, they had never gone with anybody edgy. We had never seen a Bachelorette like that that told sex jokes and sweared. And so, yeah, at the, it's very easy to say now in 2023, oh, my God, how did you not know they were going to pick Caitlyn? Come on. Very few people thought they were going to pick her. And if you remember correctly, as the season went on, because I was saying that in the beginning of the season, as the season went on, I started realizing, I bet you Caitlyn is in the running. I didn't know if she was going to get it. I remember saying I found out you know, a couple days before that it was going to be both of them. But as I learned stuff and as I as the season went on and I start hearing stuff, I wasn't I didn't keep saying till the very end she's never going to get it. Yeah, in the beginning I did. And then Caitlin didn't think she was going to get it. So it was just weird because the other thing is I was on the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast back in 2020. Amanda reached out to me, wanted me to be on she contacted me asking to come on her show. I thought it went fine. I don't think I've mentioned Amanda Hirsch or Not Skinny But Not Fat in the three years since I went on that podcast. And then again, this chick just goes in on me yesterday. Oh, he's wrong all the fucking time. That was her quote. I'm not making that up. I'm not exaggerating. He's wrong all the fucking time, which again, I have no problem. No problem whatsoever. If people don't like me or they don't like my site or they don't like my podcast, you know, for whatever reason. Now, if the reason they give is just, oh, I just don't like them. I mean, that's just stupid. It's like back up what you're saying. But 
what's always been my biggest thing? What have I always told you people when it comes to either me or anybody that reports anything online? Be factually correct. So for you to say he's wrong all the fucking time is factually incorrect. And I know for a fact that there's zero chance Amanda Hirsch has followed my site every season and writes down my spoilers that are right and are wrong. And that's why she said he's wrong all the fucking time because she looked at her list of all the reality Steve spoilers and realized he's wrong more than he's right. Which, as you know, people that actually follow me, that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm right way more than I am wrong. Have I been wrong? Of course. And I've always admitted when I'm wrong. I've never made excuses for being wrong. We've been over this a hundred times. But just to hear something like that from somebody that actually reached out to you, you know, me, three years ago to so I could come on their podcast, which I thought went fine, and then never even literally talked about this woman or her podcast since, I, I don't really know where that comes from and why she had it out for me and why she had to make that such a point, because it makes her sound ignorant, clearly, because, you know, the track record speaks for itself. You know, no, I'm not wrong all the time like you claim I am. And look, you might be saying, well, Steve, you know, you're, you're saying this to us. Like, why don't you tell her? I did. I emailed her yesterday. And I'm basically like, look, I don't know where this came from, but someone informed me that you said that. I don't know why. Um, I know you don't read my site. I know you clearly don't follow my spoilers every season. I just have an issue when people are factually incorrect and go at somebody else and say something like that. When it's just not based in fact. And that's what you did. I haven't heard back yet. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Maybe she doesn't care. I don't know. But as I do when Us Weekly does something or People or E! Online or Instagram accounts or podcast hosts, mostly it's podcast hosts. You know what I do. I call them out and I say, that no, that is factually incorrect. Whether it's about me or, or something involving the franchise or just anything. You know, when you're relaying stories and you're just like playing a game of telephone, it's like, no, that's not what that person said. You have to know the context of it. I always call it out and I want to be factually correct in the things that I say. I try to be the best that I can. I think I've done a hell of a lot better job the last two years than I did before that, clearly. And that's all I'm trying to do. So when something is brought to my attention in regards to that, just like when we called out, you know, the clickbait podcast for all the things they got wrong when they were, you know, talking about the Nick situation. Um, that's all we're doing is holding people accountable and saying, hey, you can have an opinion, but if your opinion is based in things that aren't true, well, then doesn't that make your opinion kind of wrong? <laughs> you know, but yeah, I don't know what Amanda has against me. I have no idea. Didn't do anything to her. Uh, other than go on her podcast, would you like me to relay the text message? I mean, not the text message, the email conversation, Amanda, that you and I had when you asked me to be on your podcast? I could do that. And then you're, you know, three years later, you're saying, oh, he's wrong all the fucking time. Okay. <laughs> um, clearly, you don't know what you're talking about. And it makes you look ignorant. It makes you look dumb saying stuff like that. Sorry. Um, hate on me all you want. Tell people you don't like my podcast. Tell people you don't like me, even though I don't know where that would come from. But um, might want to get your facts straight. That's all. Anywho, that'll do it. Uh, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple Podcasts. It is much appreciated. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now, so go check that out. 
and we will be back on Monday. Hopefully, I'll be getting some more information for, for you from uh, Zach's season over the weekend. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Anyway, um, thank you all for tuning in. Really appreciate it, and I will talk to you on Monday. See you.